0: It's time to appreciate just how good the Sydney Roosters are, once again proving why they are back-to-back Premiers. We speak to the club's former Premiership-winning captain, Brad Fittler, very shortly. But first, let's take a look at what's coming up on the show. Another COVID scare with a Bulldogs stood down immediately. It's season over for two more Raiders, but when they make it back to the big dance, we head to the nation's capital to ask Jack Whiteham... Can you believe it? The Dragons are one win away from the eight. We asked Jamie whether they'll be there. Come see his then. Yeah, look, it is hard to believe that a month ago, the gents on the panel and myself were talking about possible replacements for Paul McGregor and they are just one result away from the top eight. But before we get into the Dragons, I'll come up in hit or miss. What is something you liked about round 10?
1: I love the fact that Cameron Smith got the 300 wins but also his tweet after the game, his concerning tweet about Josh Hodgson uh, wishing him all the best because I just think it shows how tight the rugby league community is, Katie, and uh, to see that from the greatest player that we've ever seen, I just think it shows real compassion for the game.
2: Absolutely. And what about for you, Michael? Mine's on the field, Katie. I like that Ryan Pappenhausen try. What a try. The pace, just to get yeah, the vision to go down that short side. Brilliant. Love to see
0: it. Loved it as well. It's been an absolute season for him. Um, a quick shout-out to all of our Pacific viewers as well. Uh, with the lockdown, uh, we've seen a lot of international viewers and it's been great to see so everyone from, I guess, Vanuatu, the Solomon Islands, uh, Fiji and, of course, Papua New Guinea. Uh, hello. Thanks for tuning in to Inside the NRL. And if you are watching via the Facebook Live, make sure you jot down where you are watching from because we love to see new listeners. Um, and that sort of brings me to the next point. Michele Rabalawa, wasn't he sensational on the weekend too? I had not realised he's not supposed to chop George Tafura in half it's supposed (laughs) Uh to be the other way around where did that come from?
2: Yeah, exciting from the Dragons not just Ravalawa or everyone at the club but obviously there's some real confidence at the joint now after the start to the the year they had obviously turbulent month there with McGregor's uh, head on the chopping block at at one point now, things of 3 of 5 the last uh, month or so so it's starting to move along nicely for the Dragons
1: Yeah, they're not out of the woods yet, they've got a couple of games that they can definitely win the next couple of weeks, I think you look at Ravalawa's form last night, it looked like his job had been simplified a little bit. I think there was an expectation from within the group and, and probably outside that there was going to be another Mike Siva or Simirad Radra with Ravalawa, and he's a different kind of player. So uh, it was nice to see him get some touches last night. Defensively, if he gets his defence right, he's able to turn half opportunities into four points.
0: Absolutely. I feel like I've already distracted you both. I'll save that for hit or miss, but there is some breaking news out of the Bulldogs. There is a lot going on out at Belmore. Corey Harawiranira and Jaden Okobor have been handed down uh, they appealed? Um, uh, I guess their charges from the judiciary or the um, from the NRL, and basically, Michael, what happens with the pair of them now? Are they allowed back at the club?
2: Well, for now, well, for now they are. Yeah, they've obviously had that contract deregistered to start with. The appeal committee has found now those sentences were too harsh, and Jaden Ackerman has been handed. A 14-week punishment, uh, obviously a a hefty fine as well. Corey Harawira-Naira has a 10-week punishment. So, technically, Corey Harawira-Naira is available for selection next week. Now, the the Bulldogs need to find out whether they meet the biosecurity measures, if they can come into the bubble. And they have three options right now. They either pick them and and play them straight away when they are available. Two, they can fight it and terminate their contract, which will go down uh, a legal path they probably won't go down. Or three, release them to other clubs. And there is interest in the pair, especially Corey, Harawira, and Naira. There's interest in their services for this year. So I'm not sure which way Canterbury will go, but it's interesting to see that you know, the deregistration wasn't uh, held up with the Appeals Committee.
0: Absolutely, and I don't think we've ever seen this um, in the NRL before, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the club. There's plenty going on. Jake Avarillo Aver- um, also has been stood down after innocently being caught up in a COVID scare uh, from the pub. His parents did have a meal at um, Kashula Pub out near Blacktown. Sorry, my pronunciation isn't great there, but NRL.com's Margie McDonald reporting on that one. Um, and then, of course, Aidan Tomlin was another player who did sit out um, for a while there with a, a COVID scare a few weeks ago. But does, I guess, these uh, circumstances and situations change where Dean Pay sits at the club and do you think he'll be there for the rest of the season?
2: No, nothing changes what's going to happen with Dean Pay over the next 24 hours. My understanding is there were quite a few conversations from the Canterbury Power Brokers today. Those conversations, if they won't eventuate tonight, they will tomorrow and Dean Pay will be told thanks for your services but they are no, wrong, no longer required beyond the end of this year so look the writing's been on the wall on the wall for a, a few weeks now we knew that this was going to to head down this path and I, I don't know about you Sal we're not surprised that Dean Pay is likely to be given the tap on the shoulder
1: yeah I think they're just looking for a change uh, the whole organization you see the inboard fighting that's going on at the moment the Bulldogs and the trouble they've had the, the interesting one for this I think is you know would having those two players back for the whole season if they were up Get this result earlier in the year of change Dean Pay and the results at the Bulldogs? I don't think so. I mean, Corey How we IRA has been fantastic for them on an edge, but yeah, they, they've got bigger issues at, at the Bulldogs at the moment. They need a, an overhaul with their attack and their defence isn't consistently good enough. So, uh, But Jade Ockenball will get picked up by a club if the Bulldogs don't want him. Um, Melbourne Storm are on the hunt for a winger down there to replace Suliasi Vunavalu next year. So don't be surprised if these guys are back. If they're not at the Bulldogs, they'll be definitely back in the NRL.
0: OK, so, gents, if you're told that you're no longer needed um, to coach that club past 2020... Do you stay for the rest of the year?
1: Um, I think Dean Pay would like to stay. Uh, it'll depend on if he's going to get the full freight or not. If he's going to get paid no matter what, then he may want to just walk away. There's, you know, it's doing more damage to his coaching reputation if he wants to get back in the game, if he's staying around. Uh, if not, there's a chance for the Bulldogs to move on him now because I'm looking at the teams that have got coaches under pressure. Cronulla Sharks, North Queensland, Warriors have already pulled the trigger and now the Bulldogs... If you wait too long, you may miss out on your top guy and we're hearing Trent Barrett might be the number one candidate. If someone else pulls the trigger early and gets Trent Barrett
2: yeah, but I just I, because you've made Dean Pay coach the rest of the year. I out. don't think there's a single coach out there who wants to coach in the NRL that wants to inherit this Canterbury team mid-season. You, you want a pre-season under your belt. I don't think they're going to miss out on Trent Barrett because he's not coming in right now. Or I think Dean Pay, and, and finances might come into the equation here, if he walks away, he won't get paid. So I don't think Canterbury are going to sack him immediately. I think they're going to tell him Thank you, Dean. You've been a great servant of the club. You can see out the rest of the year. To sack him would mean they have to pay him out, and I don't think they're going to do that.
0: OK, well, of course, the the Bulldogs do sit at the bottom of the ladder, and I think he sits at about 30%, uh, 38% winning uh, percentage there, so unfortunate for Dean pay. But in some breaking news out of Penrith... Um, I guess there's a bit of a stain on Charlie Stain Is that too soon?
1: Oh, well, a little bit bit soon.
0: Um, Okay, too soon. But he did make his debut, um, of course, on the weekend, scored four tries, and he did breach the NRL biosecurity protocols committed. Um, So he hosted 10 visitors at his place of residence, but you can only have uh, no more groups than five at a time. And then at 2.30am, he went to the emergency department in hospital for Lockjaw. This is just a dampener for the Penrith Panthers, who have had such an incredible season so far. Uh, do you think that they'll be okay from this, Michael?
2: Well, it's yeah, it's a sad way to end a, a terrific week for Charlie Staines. Obviously, ended up in hospital in the P in there, and, uh, and obviously now no, no longer able to play this week. Um, they're, they're a little bit depleted in the backs, Penrith, but they're playing such a good brand of football at the moment. I think they'll be able to to recover. But yeah, it's disappointing that obviously another breach of the protocols at the moment, and.
1: Hopefully, uh, that's the big one for me. Mm. The, the, it's disappointing. These guys have got a, an enormous opportunity to play in the NRL for one. But for Peter Volandis yeah, and Andrew Abdo to, to be able to get the game back and then we're, we're seeing protocol breaches. I know there's mistakes that happens. You Yutoi Kamano, that's probably in the heat of the moment. He's forgotten. But you know, having people around that aren't in the NRL bubble and risking it not only for yourself but for everyone else in your team Yeah, if Charlie didn't say anything and was able to go back to training and then all of a sudden that Penrith side goes down, the whole NRL competition could stop and everyone's back to square one. So... I, I'm disappointed in the fact that I, I get it, and it, the kids just made his day. I, I, he's I know, mate. just Come
2: over after scoring four but tries. But it's, 20, I can it's sympathise 2020.
1: It's, yeah. But if he had his mum and dad over, but they were over. Yeah, but it was just his mum and dad and his yeah. brother and sister. Maybe you could make a case for it. But Peter Vellani's, you know, then they're, they're not going to sit there and say, mate. There's strict guidelines for a reason, so they can get the game back up and running, so that we can start. Yeah, being the premier sport in Australia, which we are at yeah. the moment. If we're going to continue to break that, yeah, we saw what happened with Nathan Cleary, we saw what happened with Latrell Mitchell and that. I'm, di- I'm disappointed in the fact that yeah, we got to that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on now to the NRL players poll. It is becoming a yearly thing. It's back 150 NRL players across all 16 clubs. Worked in collaboration with a survey from the NRL.com and, of course, the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, Let's take a look at who got voted in to the players team first up. And, Jamie, is there any surprises here in that starting 13?
1: (laughs) The back line's pretty good. As if they all played the same team. (laughs) Yeah, look, it's there's no surprise. I mean, I thought Dalla Cherry Evans. I know his recent form the last couple of weeks. A lot of these times when you do these as player, uh, Katie, it's probably recency biased. You know, um, I don't know if Joey Manu is probably the best right centre in the, in the game at the moment, but there's not many, too many pushing in the case. So I think that's a fair representation. Josh Papali's up there. I mean, there's a couple of guys from Parramatta. I'm surprised Parramatta don't have any players in that team. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty on the money.
0: Yeah, that is a very big surprise. Let's delve a little deeper into the halfback positions there. And you see Mitchell Pearce um, named there. Michael, um, more than 27% of the votes. And then DCE and uh, Nathan Cleary up there, second 22nd?
2: Yeah, uh, look, happy for Mitchell Pearce because obviously he's been... Yeah, waiting under the wings for Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston for a number of years has always been regarded as the second, third, fourth best playmaker. He, those two have retired now, and he's taken uh, his way up the leaderboard to number one. I think Mitchell Moses, if he hadn't been injured, and you talk about recency bias, he may have polled a little bit better. Um, but look, I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to split those
1: four at the moment. They're all playing such good footy uh, for their clubs. So it depends on what you look for as well. I mean, if you if you just go off the weekend, and that was Nathan Cleary by. By streets, you yeah. know. If you go off the body of work and what's been able to do, I don't think Mitchell Pearce's form's been that great the last month, uh, or maybe the last couple of weeks. But you know, Nathan Cleary's taken that step, and if you're looking for guys that have take made that that big leap, I would say that he's up there. Daligier Evans, before Tommy got hurt, was the best halfback in the world. So um, it does go through ebbs and flows of a season. I'd, I, you know what I'd love for the players' poll? I'd love for 480 guys to get involved. Mm. I'd love for there to be a consensus to get everyone involved to be able to... Whether you make it compulsory or whatever or, you know, I don't know, there's an incentive or something. But I'd love everyone to get involved. Next year, come help me. We'll just start sending messages together. We'll get the 480. What do you well, reckon? Well, it's not hard to do. As a player, it only take 15 <laughs> minutes. <480 laughs> Would you have
0: wanted to fill that out? if you were I
1: playing? filled it out. It
0: okay. doesn't
1: mean I wanted to, but I filled it out out of respect for the people that are doing their job.
0: Ah, I love that. And last but not least, there was a new... Uh, I think you mentioned... There was our dethroned coach in the new results here and Trent Robinson takes the cake, Chambers. Yeah,
2: Craig Bellamy's won the last two years since we started the players poll um, back in 2018 but Trent Robinson, after back-to-back wins with the Roosters, back-to-back premierships with the Roosters, is now the king of the coaches. Wayne Bennett in third, Ivan Cleary and Adam O'Brien you know, recognised for their starts to the year with their respective clubs but look, for me, Craig Bellamy is the best in the business but You know, the players, the reputation amongst the players that Trent Robinson is such a good coach to play for, it hasn't got lost on the playing group.
0: Okay, what can we expect to see out of part two that's being released in the Sydney Morning Herald tomorrow?
2: Yeah, part two is some more issues-based. We look at the success of the rule changes, the six again rule, going back to one referee and how that's worked. Also, we look at NRL administration, the, the performance of the referees and things like, should there be a daytime grand final? I know a lot of players... In the past, I've said that was great back in the days. So there's a number of issues we look at uh, in part two at midday tomorrow on NRL.com and the Sydney Morning
0: Herald. Oh, well, you're talking my line. I don't even need to promote it now. (laughs) Thanks, Let's Keep up with the work. It is is fabulous to see an insight from, of course, the players on different topics around our game. But it is now time to talk to the New South Wales Blues coach and Channel 9 commentator, Brad Fittler. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL.
3: No problem. Let me just adjust my little screen here.
0: (laughs) I see you're part of the glasses again. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, two years ago. I love
0: them. I copied you then. Hey, um, This Thursday night, bit of a match at the SCG, grand final rematch, the Roosters and the Raiders. Now, when you're playing days, how much as a player did you really think into a grand final rematch when you came up against uh, the club that you would have played in the grand final from 2002 to 2004?
3: Yeah, it always meant a lot. It will mean a lot more to Canberra than the Roosters, I think, because I feel like... uh, they missed some opportunities there and they want to test themselves against the best team again in the comp. And normally it's played in a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, I think, given it's so late in the year, it sort of takes a little bit of polish off. But um, there's a lot of the talk around the two teams at the moment is, is injuries. Um, no Victor Radley, no Josh Hodgson now, and there's obviously a few others in both teams that are out. But two highly competitive teams, uh, though the Roosters were. They were brilliant in one half last week and OK in the other, while the Raiders, they're just sort of getting their season together. So uh, they're, a different, they're on different sort of parallels than they were last year. But the one thing that brings them together this week is the fact that they played in the grand final and there'll be some, um, yeah, some players out there looking to change the result.
2: Freddie, the Roosters are on the cusp of something pretty special. It's been a long time since anyone has won three competitions in a row. Obviously, you've been around the club for a long time, mate. I just wanted your thoughts on this current group and and how they stack up in the history of the Roosters. Are they one of the best teams you've seen in the Tricolours jersey?
3: Yeah, the way they play, uh, quite incredible, I think. Uh, Robo's just been able to keep advancing, you know, although they've lost a few players here and there, but they've been been able to advance their game and the biggest thing at the moment is they work so well together and you know that's the real key if you look at any of those sayings or mottos about uh, there's no owing team and all that sort of stuff, it's all about being able to work together and be work for each other and anticipate what other people are doing and um, they're doing that better than I think I've ever seen any other team before uh, whether that can last the whole season uh, maybe, who knows but At present time, I've got to say, their footy looks uh, better than I've seen any other team play.
1: Freddie, how do the Raiders adapt after losing Hodgson on the weekend? Whiten and George Williams, they're fantastic players, but losing Hodgson is obviously a big blow to them. Do you still see them as a threat in this competition?
3: Well, I thought I was a bit, had a question mark over them at the start of the season. I think they had just, I felt like they had one of those great seasons where everything came together and a lot of it was based on emotion. Uh, emotionally sort of lasts uh, long. So, it's, uh, with the injuries, they need to change the way they play. Um, I know they've got young uh, uh, Havili on the bench. They've also got a young boy named Tom Starling who is an incredibly quick player. So, um, if you can get him some quick play of the ball, there wouldn't be a hooker quicker than him. And I can see how he could really make an impact on this game at the moment. He's a, a Newcastle junior. He comes through the New South Wales pathway. So, maybe... You might see him come into the team. I can't imagine Havili being able to play 80 minutes. So, But uh, I think they've been let down in other areas. I think their attack looks that slick at the moment. Uh, there's drops when there shouldn't be. So, yeah, I think even against the Roosters, they can still win games on courage, but they still need to also um, you know, be effective as well. I don't think they've been effective as they were at the back end of last year.
0: Freddie, you talk about the Raiders and and I guess their shortage of um, players to select from, but also the Roosters I think they're missing, uh, if Jake Friend is out, they'll miss seven of their plays from that grand final match last year but week in, week out, you said they didn't have a great first half and a tremendous second half last week. What surprises you most about that side um, and possibly Trent's coaching ability to, to get them to perform and switch up a notch every week?
3: Well, I like the fact Trent there's a little bit of depth to how he coaches. There's obviously a tactical side which he's very good at because you see you know, their team look prepared every week and they seem to attack the weaknesses of the other clubs. Uh, but you just watch their defence move and you you see great examples of it at the moment in attack. Uh, you know, Victor Ragley's a great example that you know I think everyone watched him and loved the way he passed the ball and. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a great defender and sort of a bit of an old school defender. He can come up with really good shots, but you know, he was the best supporter in the game, and not many people would have known that. And you now, if you looked at all their support numbers of the roosters, they're through the roof. They just every, every time someone's got the ball, the person next to him is in tune with him and works with them And to train that is more than just doing ball work. It's, you know, you just got to start going down different paths and. Advancing on, you know, you talk about the getting the most out of your mind. You know, they try to, and they they test things, and they fail it in areas, and they keep trying, and they seem to at the moment just found a nice little pocket where they just seem to know what everyone else is doing, and they work hard for each other. So um, you can't find that sort of coaching in many manuals.
2: Freddie, if we change tack for a little bit to talk about origin at the end of the year, it'll probably be about 18 months between drinks since you last coached the Blues to when you return. I'm fascinated into how you actually select your squad because when the season ends, there'll be a host of players going off who don't play finals football that aren't playing football for four, five, six weeks. How, how are you going to manage that situation?
3: Yeah, we've got a, a plan in place already. Um... I think a lot of it is going to come down to who those players are. If they're players from Brisbane or Townsville or Melbourne or Canberra, it's going to be different if they're players in Sydney. There's also a players association that's going to have a big say in uh, what the players do and their rest time because uh, by law they've got so many weeks they need to rest um, which is of the utmost importance to everyone involved. So it's about um, nailing nailing that time of year. Uh, It's about getting the players in where you can, giving them a good rest where you can, because it would have been a pretty tough season for them if they didn't make the semis. You can imagine they'd be pretty disappointed, and then you're also going to have to carry about 23, maybe 24 players for a couple of weeks, and some of those players might train during that four weeks as well. So um, that's gonna, it's going to it's going to be the real a real test of your coaching and your staff, being able to sort of motivate these players, but also being able to rest them and allow them, because there's a good chance a few of those might have to step into that first game on the 4th of November uh, because, you know, obviously they're going to be the fittest and freshest. So there's going to be a lot of tactics around how you utilise that period of the year.
1: Freddie, who's one player that stood out in the competition since the resumption that may be able to force their way in that wasn't in that team for Game 3 last year?
3: Well, it's interesting around the hookers because, you know, they, there's so much demand on the hookers at the moment and uh, I think Gabby Corisau is doing a wonderful job. Ken McInnes is doing a wonderful job. I think Cookies games um, the last two weeks have been better, so you know I've, I've really enjoyed watching them. The front rowers, uh, watching Payne Haas, he didn't play in last year's uh, the last two games last year. Then also the the Parramatta front rowers, the Newcastle front rowers. There's there's a lot of blokes doing good jobs there. It was interesting watching the Dragons too. Actually, I, really, I was really impressed with them yesterday. You know, they've been under the pump, and I thought just uh, the manner in which they won, and blokes like Vaughan and Frizzell and um, you know they've been part of our squad for a couple of years, so it's hard because you know you sort of you don't want to get too set on players because uh, whatever reason, whether it's form or injury, so it's just about enjoying watching the players play really well for their clubs. You know, there's no more than Luke Carey. You know, I just I'm just such a huge fan of the way he plays. Um, you know what he did against Parramatta, and then he just backs it up week in, week out. So you know, there is a lot of players doing. It. I think you know even some young blokes, Bradman Best, I think's been fantastic. Um, uh, a lot of those young blokes are starting to really show that they can hold it. Zach Lomax, I think, over the last two or three weeks is you know, starting to stand up and look like an NRL player now. And sometimes it doesn't take long to look like an NRL player to start looking like an Origin player. So. Hopefully they just keep going.
1: Freddie, have you been, uh, I guess, excited by the development of Nathan Cleary over the last six weeks? He's really come into his own and owning that Penrith side, and they're 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 one of the Premiership favourites now.
3: Yeah, well, there's a couple of things he may sure had to look after. He had sure have had to get a bit bigger, and he's gone and done that. He's worked really hard in the gym, and uh, he's a lot stronger than he was. So, uh, you know, he doesn't shirk any work at all, Nathan. He's just You know, he's he's the utmost professional when it comes to his footy. And the other thing he had to do was talk more. He had to own the team and run them around. And uh, the games he's played this year, you can obviously tell who the leader is out there. They've only lost one game. That was against Parramatta, where they really only had about a period of 10 minutes where Parramatta scored three tries in 10 minutes. And I thought for the rest of the game, although Penrith um, punched as well as Parramatta or even better. So I thought they were unlucky to lose that game. He's been fantastic, mate. His goal kicking's great. He's you know kicking field goals uh, like he did against Melbourne a couple of weeks ago under pressure. And you know, just he's sort of that person that's coming through that um, through that professional era, full time. You know, uh, f- fantastic facilities, and he's making the most out of it. He's 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 uh, he's finding out what his potential is.
0: Sounds like you've got quite the job on your hands, Freddie. Lucky you're the one picking it and we're not. <laughs> Certainly a lot of talent, that's for sure. But we are, we really do appreciate your time and we'll be watching live on Channel 9 on Thursday night.
3: So I'll be working on the sideline, it'll be nice and cold,
0: I love it. We'll be watching you, for sure. Thank you so much. Have fun on Thursday night, you can catch that game live from 7.30 of course with our broadcast partners on Channel 9. We're going to head down to Canberra now to speak to Jack Whiten, but before we do, let's take a look at last year's decider.
3: Left foot kick, high. Getting underneath it, Tedesco, it's come off a radar. They've restarted
1: the tackle count. Instead of me saying what I think and then getting abused, You write what you think. You all saw it.
3: Well, now, he called six again. I'm sure he indicated six more. They did. They waved six again, and then they've changed their mind.
1: We don't look for excuses. No one goes out there to make a mistake. I saw it was a very tough game that we could have won.
3: Wow, what a blue. Here's Tupo. One to beat. It's gone inside of the Roosters Tedesco. He goes in to score and what about the mistake we've had at the other end of the ground
1: probably well, there's going to be some talk about six again no six again Who, mate i didn't honestly if we're going to go back to a decision you can talk about lots of decisions throughout the game but we nailed the execution on an opportunity that we had
3: that will be it they've defended their title so the raiders they have gone so close and then that dubious refereeing.
0: Well, it's been a roller coaster ride for the Raiders in 2020, but we're in the country's capital with Jack White, and thanks for coming on Inside the NRL.
4: Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: A bit of a hard weekend for you. You lose another two stars, Bailey Simonson and Josh Hodson. How are those two coping? I'm, I'm sure they're obviously pretty devastated.
4: Yeah, massive losses for us. Um, it's Hodges' second knee now, so he's a little bit shattered uh, and Bailey's only a young kid, so it's, um, it's a big thing for him also. But uh, they're both pretty positive and um, they're just going to get on with it, I guess. Jack, what
2: does this do for the confidence of the team, mate? A lot of the guys yeah, externally were tipping the Raiders to go very close this year, given what you did last year. Is there still a belief that you can give this competition a shake, even without so many obviously key figures in your side?
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can't lose hope, mate. Um, it's game of football and go anyway. And you know the rest of the boys in the team are class. Obviously, it does hurt our chances a lot. You know, um, he gives a lot of good direction, Hojo, and um, he's one of our key players. But uh, we just have to show us to go on still, I guess. So um, we'll still stay positive and riff in week in week out and see how far we can take it.
1: Jack, how's that combination going with George Williams? It seems like post-COVID you go down, you win in Melbourne in a big way, but since then the attack has just stuttered a little bit. What's Ricky Stewart giving you the advice-wise to be able to get that going again?
4: Nah, just a little bit of time, mate. You know, you get some minutes under our belt playing together, and um, you know we, just, we we start a little bit slow after the COVID break. Um, I think the new new rule change, you know, it's, it's really been um, a big one to adapt to, and also the way we're preparing for games, so it's just about getting minutes together and learning how each other works, mate.
0: And Jack, I mean, on Thursday the the job gets no easy. You've got a grand final rematch at the SDG against the reigning premiers and the back-to-back premiers, the Roosters. Uh, How do you prepare mentally for that match and to keep everyone positive?
4: Uh, They've been really good, the Roosters. Uh, They're a tough team. Um, It's also one of them games you know you have to be up for and uh, you know it's going to be a big challenge, so um, I don't think that has to be too much to um, lift our spirits to try and rip into the Roosters. We know what we're in for and we know what they're going, know, know what we're going there for.
0: Have you watched the 2019 Grand Final?
4: No, I haven't as of yet and I don't really plan on watching it. Mm,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Sore spot.
2: <laughs> well, I imagine, Ricky, this week, would you do any video on that game last year or is that dead and buried for everyone at that club?
4: No, you've got to do video on this year. Um, you no, know, it's it's a new confidence, new rules, um, new teams too, you know. Um, we're all, we are all got new players and a lot of injuries, so it's all about what the teams are doing lately, not about last year.
1: You bought a new house, Jack. How's it going, mate? You got
4: any horses out there yet? We've seen you and Elliot Whitehead <laughs> riding the horses. You're, you're settling into country life? Nah, I'm just in the process, mate. I got the keys on Friday, so um, I'm in that annoying stage where we're trying to move all the furniture and set things up. Um Plans to get a couple of horses down the track, though, and, um, yeah, I don't
2: mind that stuff. <laughs> mate, I just want to ask before we let you go, obviously, talk the last couple of weeks around Johnny Bateman. How's it been amongst the players, mate? Obviously, a bit of a, uh, a popular player amongst the peers. How, how's he taken, the, obviously, to the group, and how have you treated him, given the fact he's leaving the club at the end of the season? Um,
4: there's been a lot of hype on the outside, mate, but Johnny, Johnny with the boys, you know, he's as you said he's a, he's a class player and he plays for us and he you know he respects the boys so we knew everything beforehand and um he, he had the um integrity i guess you'd say to, to tell us all first you know and we were on the front foot and we already knew what was going on before everybody else did so that was a really big credit to him and um it took a lot of distraction out of the boys and he explained his reasons why and we all understand that as you know a lot of us are fathers and family men ourselves and um, he, he's done a Big effort coming over here playing for us so far and uh, he's happy to get back home to his little girl and his mum and that.
0: Oh, the media. Gosh, you can't get rid of him, can you? You've got to watch
4: him. you got to watch him.
0: <laughs> hey, um, I appreciate you coming on and good luck on Thursday night. I know you are moving house right now, so we'll let you get back to it. I know you had to get into the car to chat to us, so thanks so much, Jack.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate
0: it. Time now for this week's Casualty Board brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. As Jack Whiten just mentioned, Josh Hodson and Bailey Simonson are both devastated after Josh suffered a ruptured ACL and Bailey's shoulder injury was worse than first thought. Both sidelined for the season. Valentine Holmes has re-injured the same ankle that had him out of the 17 since Round 5 and is in doubt for the club's Round 10 clash against the Panthers. Alex Glenn will miss six to eight weeks with an MCL injury. The Broncos skipper has already missed four matches from a hamstring strain and a calf laceration. While it's unlikely Andrew Fafida will play on Sunday after picking up a hamstring complaint, South will be without their night for up to a month. Liam, a late withdrawal in round nine with an ankle injury. The latter leading Eels will test Mitch Moses' calf this week. However, round 11 is a more likely return date. And the Broncos could welcome back Tony Staggs, but David Fafida is still at least another week away, recovering from that knee surgery. That's this week's casualty ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. It's now time for Hit or Miss. Okay, gents, I can't believe I'm saying this. First one is Dragons can still make the oh. eight hit or miss. <laughs> oh. You what, go first, Jamie. What were you we saying a month ago? <laughs> oh, I
1: don't know. I can't. Do we have the tape? Um, you guys
0: were calling for Paul McGregor to be sacked. Yeah.
1: Look, I think, Katie, I think they can. I had a look at their draw last night, and, and I know that yeah, they've copped a, a hard bashing in the media after that performance against the Warriors and then the Bulldogs post-COVID. But last night just looked completely different they look like a settled team ben hunt at nine uh, I, I know that i've been calling for it for a while champions but i just think that they just look so much more settled with him at nine clune looked even more settled at seven but this is it's a hit for
2: me but this is why we were calling for paul mcgregor's yeah. head because we knew they should be playing like this because they're a good enough football team to be playing the way they have been so yeah we we were harsh on paul mcgregor but the reality is they're better than what they were. and I, I, I want to make this point, though. Five weeks ago, what changed? Shane Flanagan was the defensive coach of the Dragons. He switched with Paul McGregor. He's now the attack coach. McGregor's on defence, and I think, I think that's made a world of difference. What Shane Flanagan, Flanagan's been able to do with the Dragons?
1: Hit for me, Katie, but the next two weeks they play the Bulldogs and Cronulla Sharks, both games that they're expected to win that's when the pressure starts to build because if you drop one of those all of a sudden you start doing the maths on whether you're going to make the eight but hit
2: and credit to Sowie for Ben Hunt the hooker he called that weeks and weeks ago and it's a masterstroke he he has been exceptional Ben Hunt and he should be the 80 minute hooker and Cameron McInnes unfortunately is now a new lock
1: forward
0: so you still got no call up yet? Dragon? No
1: call. Must have lost my number. Still waiting. Still <laughs> waiting. That's
0: OK. You're a very patient man. <laughs> All right. Latrell's reaction was worse than Reynolds' action. Hit or miss?
1: Uh, hit for me. I, I love Latrell. And it, I'm devastated I'm not going to get to watch him play because I thought he was actually building into the season nicely after that COVID um, slow start. But you just can't react like that when you're the main player at South Sydney. Like You think about South Sydney aren't a quality Top echelon team at the moment, and they need all their players on deck because they haven't got the depth. And unfortunately for the Trell, I think you'd like that one back. Big hit, big hit for me. I, I, well, big hit on the field, and big hit for me because.
2: I think Latrell is very, very lucky to only have faced two weeks for this. So I thought that was as bad, if not worse, than what Joey Leilua did to Dylan Edwards the week before. And the Tigers are asking the same question. Why four for Joey Leilua? Josh Reynolds, what he did, unfortunately it was it was an accident, but he deserves time. He kicked him in the head. Reality is he didn't mean to, but he did. Latrell knew what he was doing. Josh Reynolds was going in to check on Campbell Graham, and he's got him with a swinging arm. Could have broken his jaw. I think it's, it's worse than what Leilua did, to be honest with you. And Latrell had one intention and one intention only and to clobber him across the head. And I know you love watching Latrell play. I have too. And the sad thing is he's been playing so well. He's coming into... He's just starting to find his groove at fullback, and we were just about to see the best of Luttrell and this happens. But two weeks, I'd be very thankful if I was Luttrell Mitchell.
0: You look like you were going oh, to say
1: Well so. Two weeks is enough for me. Okay. I think, yeah, two weeks is right. He hasn't got a record or anything like that. And you, you talk about it was a, a moment of madness and I think it was just, yeah... I'm disappointed. I love watching Luttrell play.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and the final one today. We did see David Fafita in the headlines last week. Um, He's trying to decide whether to stay with the Broncos or go with the Titans. But the question or the statement, the money is too good for David Fafita to turn down at the Titans. Hit or miss, Michael?
2: Uh, He'll... Well, I don't think he'll go to the Titans. But if I'm the Titans, I'm thinking how can we not attract a bloke paying four hundred dollars or $500,000 more than anyone else? And to be honest with you, if I'm the Titans right now and he's umming and ahring about coming over four or $500,000 more, is this the kind of bloke you want at your football club? Answer so, the
1: question, please. <laughs>
2: didn't I say? I don't
0: know. You're killing me. I don't Every know. Every week I don't like this you game go, Because like oh, I'm not... I'm, OK, well, let me just say this. Well, it's not, hit all it is, this, too, Michael. it is too good to turn down, but he probably will turn it down.
1: Hit for me, 1.25 versus 700... Um, I just think you're off contract in five years and if you go to the Titans, you probably end up being the captain there. They've got Tino Faso Malawi who's coming there who you can pair up with. They'll have to put some more roster changes around that, but you're off contract in five years and you'll have an extra what seven five million. Five years. Se- it's only a one year deal, Sowie. Well if it's a one year deal, one point two five
2: is better than I'll tell you what though, why it might work for the Titans. If they get him for 1.25 million and he has a fantastic year, well then he's worth the money, right? But if he goes average, then this time next year when they're renegotiating out his deal, they may only have to pay 800 to keep him because someone's not going to pay a million again if he hasn't had a great year. So. Maybe it might work out the best for the Titans, but still,
1: it's 1.25. So it was Ridiculous. a hit or miss? I can't It's remember. a miss hit. Yeah. <laughs> hit for oh. me, Katie. Hit for me. I'm <laughs> glad
0: one of you know how to play the game. <laughs> That's OK. Next week, next week. All right, it's now time for Champ or Chump. And this week, we did see a uh, star rapper in the sheds with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. <laughs> it actually was a cutout. It was Snoop Dogg, if anybody missed it. There we go. I think all the team were um, just there holding it. And then towards the end, they were dancing and... Of course, Adam Reynolds there, um, posing with him as well. Is that Champ or
1: Charles? Oh, Champ! I, I noticed that when uh, Wayne had it behind him in the com- in the coaches' box, and he'd have no idea Wayne who that is. He just think it's uh, another guy who's about the same age as him. Uh, but. Yeah, champ. They're they good win and nice to see them enjoying themselves too. Well, Ray
2: Warren had no idea. He was, he was talking about the story when he was on a plane with Snoop and he didn't know who it was and <laughs> there was a little incident there. So hey,
0: not no Snoop Dogg. Well,
2: I don't think it's Ray Warren's type of music, <laughs> believe it or not. So, yeah, that's, that's a champ for me. I uh, like it. Yeah. I
0: think for, for everybody watching and if you're not a South fan, just to connect the dots, um, Menu Log is a sponsor of South Sydney Rabbitohs and Snoop Dogg has just sung their most recent ad, um, if you haven't listened to it, please find that on the internet because it is gold. It has to be up there with probably my favorite ad. Have you listened to it?
2: Sounds like you want a job in this
0: ad. (laughs) I I don't want a job in this ad. But I, I cannot stress, when I'm trying to watch a video, I get annoyed that I've got to wait the 30 seconds. but Menulog, you're happy to wait. I'm with sorry. No, no, Menulog next week. i go <laughs> we got to the one-minute extended version. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is on YouTube. All right, and lucky last, um, our chairman, Peter Volandes. I love his banter. It just keeps getting better and better. And he actually spoke to Vince, uh, one of your colleagues at the Sydney Morning Herald, with these comments saying um, he was asked whether he'd like it or not. If the AFL Grand Final was played in Sydney, he said, I welcome it. It's the best city in the world. We should have a few second-rate events. That's no problem. (laughs) The tongue-in-cheek. I cannot get enough.
2: He's upsetting some people (laughs) south of the border, isn't he? And I love it. It's about time we upset the people in Victoria. They've obviously been leading the race for a long time now. We've been the sheep of the football codes and by the time they follow suit.
1: Yeah, why not? Now's our time to puff our chest out. What he's been able to do to get the game back. I love the fact that we've got such a strong leader who's willing to back himself up with comments like that. So, champ.
0: Yeah, mic drop. It was a mic drop moment.
1: Thank
0: (laughs) you. All right, it's now time for your power rankings. Jamie?
1: This week's Power Ranking, you see the Parramatta Eels in top spot after a gritty win on the road up there at Newcastle. I love the way that Clint Gutherson's leading his team at the moment and they're winning in different styles.
2: It's a real sign of a quality football team, isn't it? Finding ways to win, grind out victories and especially without Mitchell Moses the last fortnight, it's, uh, the Eels look like the real deal, don't they?
1: Yeah, no Moses and Gutherson's leadership's been one of the best in the NRL. His performance is being able to do that. You can step up leadership-wise, but his game is backing that up. I love watching him play at the moment. The Canberra Raiders continue their slide down the Power Rank King's ladder, with Brett, uh, Josh Hodgson beg your pardon, making his way with an injury on the weekend that's pretty much seized the Raiders' season over.
2: Yeah, look sad to say for the Raiders, so much promise coming into this season, but Josh Hodgson, such an instrumental part of what they do, if he doesn't take part, well he won't take part for the rest of the year I can't see Canberra making a serious dent on this competition.
1: I thought they were really unlucky on the weekend, the Raiders. They had a couple of tough calls go against them. They hung in that game. The pressure now builds on Jack White and George Williams to get this team going forward. The St George Illawarra Dragons had a real good win against the Manly Seagulls in front of a home crowd. This is important not only for Paul McGregor, but for those players to get some confidence for the rest of the season.
2: Well, as we touched on earlier in the year, they have such a good roster that if they can just get that momentum and find that confidence, you just never know. They can find their groove and make a little run
1: towards the top eight. Make sure you go to nrl.com every Monday to see the Power Rankings.
0: Those Power Rankings every Monday at midday. I'm surprised you missed that one out. It seems to be your one every week. It was a little bit
1: early today uh, because you think about uh, we had something else at 12 o'clock, which is the, the player poll. Uh, which old mates are. Don't make so, excuses. Uh, we
0: love the player poll. We pushed it through early this morning, excuses. but it will be
1: 12 o'clock every Monday, Katie.
0: It is something that you did work very hard on, but something else that we're really proud of you is you're actually making your debut on 100% footy tonight. So, congratulations, Michael.
1: Hopefully, won't be back next week.
0: Uh, no, I will be back, I will be back. Of course we will be back. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can easily fill it. No, not really. Uh, Footy fans, you can watch that one on Channel 9 tonight. But don't forget, tomorrow at 3.55, Zach Bailey is back with NRL teams Robbie Farah and Brett Camorley joining him on the panel for all of the team list news. Uh... Jamie, you have shout-outs. Apparently, I've had to bring shout-outs this week. So <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Ha-
1: happy birthday, Grandma. Uh, she had a birthday on the weekend, so <laughs> love you. And I know you'll be watching, but happy birthday. Yeah, there
0: you go. Happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap for the week. We will be back at 5 p.m. next Monday. Have a good one. And don't forget to vote for your try of the week. Thanks to DrinkWise. Go to nrl.com to cast your vote.
3: He stabs the ball, Peachy there, trying to it back into the end in goal area where the trailing player, Sam Stone, has come away with a try. Oh, he's got those little subtle touches as he, Tyrant Peachy. Unbeaten um, run again. off their feet. And here is Stain. Oh. How much speed does he have? That's oh, all. Dugan. A ball back on the inside. How good is the kid? Edward streaks away. The greatest
0: show on turf. Oh Charlie
3: Stades,
2: stop it. <laughs> set up perfectly here. How's the bounce for Norman? What a try! Adam Clone with the try assist. Norman under the post. The Dragon's turning on the style. Don't give up on them in 2020. Yeah, beautiful set
3: play there. George Williams got through. The tackle attempted by Jerzy Peppenhausen has slithered his way through. Sound the alarm. Peppenhausen's away. What a pickup. What a tightrope walk. And what a run from Ryan Peppenhausen.
0: Sprints away to score for the Storm. That was an unbelievable play from Ryan Pappenhausen.